So you essentially wanted them to do in the movie that moment where the person's like, I can't believe this, but it's time for us to fight. The Tomorrow War. The tomorrow War. <laughs> like, like, that's when you turn the movie off. Like, I'm good. Like, well, they... Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the newest, latest episode of Super Agile Bros. What's happening? You already know what it is. My name is Bradston, um, and I'm here with Kyle. Say what's up, Kyle. Hey, what's going on? And the boy, Steve. What's happening, Steve? Present. <laughs> he is present. Yes, we are in class. Um, I guess uh, <laughs> I guess I'm the teacher. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're not learning anything. <laughs> You're being paid too much. Too much, too much. Ooh. So, um, no, today's episode I'm excited about because um, I gave the guys some homework and they did it. Oh, I guess I am the teacher now. Now that I said that I gave the guys homework. But um, long story short, I gave them homework to watch the movie uh, Tomorrow War, right? Uh, so today we're going to start out our conversation talking about tomorrow war it's the if, if you're not familiar with what tomorrow war is it's uh kind of the summer blockbuster movie being hosted on uh amazon prime right yeah? yeah yeah on amazon prime everybody's been talking about it it's uh, a very interesting movie what i would say to anybody who's watching i guess listening would be more appropriate listening to this podcast today if you do not want to get the movie spoiled tomorrow war i would encourage you to stop listening now because we're going to go into the movie we're going to talk about everything opinions storyline you know whatever it is so this smells tastes smells taste everything so quickly go this, watch the movie now and then come back <laughs> yes yes pause it this is not a like a commercial for the movie <laughs> but pause it watch it then come back and hear our conversation because i promise you if you watch it you'll have a lot of thoughts and You'll probably be like, I wonder what their thoughts are. So, anywho, spoiler alert. I've given you more spoiler alerts than I like. feel like half of media gives me. So, <laughs> okay, cool. So, now that the spoiler alert is done, all right, fellas. I got to hear your opinions about the Tomorrow War. And I got a lot of random questions that are, like, floating around my head. But um, <laughs> first, I guess I'll start with just giving my general feeling about the movie and i'd like to hear you guys general feeling and then you know we'll just just talk about the movie so um i saw the tomorrow war with uh, my wife shailene and we were like literally just looking for a random movie i'm a big sci-fi fan um <laughs> if you've watched one of our uh listened to one of our last podcasts you probably heard me and shoot making fun of what was the movie again um europa report. europa report i try to scrub it from my mind anytime i have an opportunity because that movie is so trash but like, I'm a big sci-fi person, so anytime I see a movie and the movie's about time travel and stuff like that, like, I'm always down. So, I don't know. I, like, really enjoyed the movie, but I also kind of, like, was frustrated with it, like, 50% of the time because 50% of it didn't make any sense to me, but I kind of started to get it toward the end, but I was kind of like, why are you going into the future to fight a war? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but... um. I mean, overall, I liked the movie. Overall, I enjoyed, like, the... Like, I said it, I think, to the guys before. It kind of felt like Independence Day to me. 
because mm-hmm. it was like just kind of a fun kind of movie. I mean, it was it felt like the stakes were pretty high, you know what I'm saying? But overall, it just kind of felt like a action movie. So I don't know. I liked it. If I were to like rate it, I'd probably give it like a seven or an eight out of ten. Ooh, so, yeah, that's like, high. Yeah, it's pretty high. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I'd probably watch it again just to because I have a lot of thing thoughts about it. But uh, what about you guys? What, what what was your initial take on the movie? Steve, you want to fight for it, Kyle? You want to go first? You can go. Very well. Um, so I did not watch it with my wife. Because I don't have one. Okay. Uh, I found this girl, and I dated her for a few years, and then I watched it with her. Fair enough. Fair enough. Against her Um, will. I went back in time to have this relationship just so I could watch this movie with her. Uh, No, I liked it. It was pretty. It was pretty good. I. I guess we won't get into specifics because, or can I? Should I get into specifics about things that stood out to me? All right. Um, This is, I guess, kind of. Oh, give your overview too. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. Give your overview, and then so you know, Kyle can, and then we'll go straight to specifics. So yeah, go ahead. Sweet. Um, Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought the uh, the story is great as long as you kind of squint and maybe (laughs) don't look too closely. Uh, I liked the human element of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of Interstellar, mm-hmm. how you have this like grand sci-fi adventure, but it's really humanized by this guy just trying to get back to be with his family. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. I would say, was much less of that than Interstellar, but it still was in there. Like, I got to get back to my daughter and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. Um, J.K. Simmons is a treat as usual. Chris Pratt did a great job. Um I saw some things I hadn't seen in other sci-fi movies. Okay. Um, yeah. I will say that it mostly was like a fun, or it mostly was just like, oh yeah, we're on a sci-fi romp, you know, we're we're killing aliens and blah blah blah. But then sometimes it was like outright goofy and not in a bad way. <laughs> it it had some legit humor in there. Um, I guess like kind of, for lack of a better term, slapstick. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, like mm-hmm. this is. Really subtle, and that makes it even funnier to me. Um, but then you also have kind of the some of the sci-fi tropes where it's like they they go out of their way to do something or say something with a character, and it's like, why would you do or say this? Why wouldn't you just do this other obvious thing? Mm-hmm. But uh, amen. Uh, it was good. We liked it. Keisha liked it. That's what's most uh, important. That's, I would say, like third most important. That is but, key. Um, Ooh, that's cute. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll rate that joke a nine out of ten. Thank you, thank you. And I'll rate the movie. I won't rate the movie because I don't believe in rating movies. No, 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 no. Oh, you got you to break your rule today. Just give us a come on, come on. You can do it. You can uh, do it. fine. I'll say out of five stars. I'll give it. Ooh. basically like a four. Okay. Maybe a four. So, maybe a five. Okay. No, four I'll say a four. Four out of five. five so yeah, eight, out of five. Eight, 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 four. Eight, so like an eight. Five. Eight out of ten. Okay, cool, cool. So he rated it higher than you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I, I, I snap. So, Kyle, what what was your overall? So, <laughs> so I I didn't think it was a bad movie. Um, I went in with some expectations because first off, I avoided the movie because of my expectations. <laughs> um, but based on the name alone, Tomorrow War was Very not an name. enticing title to me. Very stupid name. Yeah. Well, you didn't like Tomorrowland. Yeah, see, every every movie I've seen with the word tomorrow in it 
has has been pretty bad. The first movie that came to my mind was Day After Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. The day after and tomorrow. that movie was kind of rough. Right. It was it was, it was all right. right. Wait, it, but it was like a tomorrow? it was like a run of the mill. That's the climate change movie. Oh, uh, ice, yeah. ice yeah. tornadoes. Yes, yes. Not mech suits, but exoskeletons. I guess. No. What? That's the edge of tomorrow. <laughs> edge, of tomorrow. <laughs> edge of tomorrow. Edge of see, look. Yeah, tomorrow, edge of tomorrow is also. I've seen that one. That's the. Which one was the after tomorrow then? No. The, oh yeah. The climate change. Right? Climate yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, with the big wave. Okay, that movie was actually really good. So never mind. Okay. I was confused. I like that movie good. a lot. I like that. Too. I was like, he really didn't like it. Uh, day after tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I was thinking it was gonna be like Edge of Tomorrow. Because that movie, it was pretty like campy and tropey and had all the, you know, superhero, not superhero, but like the main guy can't die because of plot armor type movie. And you knew what was going to happen mm-hmm, from the very mm-hmm. beginning. And I was like, I don't feel like, you know, spending, because it was kind of a long movie too, this one, to, uh, Tomorrow War. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to spend like my whole afternoon watching this movie and then being mad afterwards. Mm. But um, Brad... Said he watched it first. He was the guinea pig and said it was okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, I watched it also with my significant other, my wife, Mrs. Yams, and uh, she enjoyed it. Um, so for the most part, it definitely had its moments. Um, seeing Chris Pratt in like a uh, leading action man type role was a little unique. Um, I, I couldn't not see like Star Lord, serious Star Lord, I guess you can call it. Like whenever yeah, yeah. he was actually doing what he needed to do, he was a pretty cool like military character. And that's all I saw every time, you know, Chris Pratt was on the screen in this movie because he was holding a gun shooting aliens. Um, <laughs> I felt like the story uh, wasn't necessarily unique, but they took some like unique chances with it, especially mm-hmm. with the, as far as like the characters are concerned. They didn't go with the typical archetypes and then make sure that they were the main ones. They kind of mix it up a little bit. So that was good. Um, so I get overall my rating for the movie would probably be hmm, because just because of how it ended. I didn't like the ending, which we'll talk about okay. later, I'm sure. Interesting. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Interesting. 6.5. Okay. Higher than a 5. So, so Steve, you were saying there's something you want to dive in. So we'll just get right into it. What, what were you? What were you? thinking about so the the my first great impression um well actually let me be honest my first impression is in the beginning of the movie when they fall out of the clouds and land in the pool <laughs> or some of them land in a pool and i was like no you would still die 100 percent. Um, i i can only assume that okay the pool was on top of a skyscraper maybe the height difference wasn't that much but it feels like it was that much. It feels like he would have died. <laughs> For but sure. I So my immediate thought was, oh, they must be like superhumans. But then I'm like, oh, they're just, they're not even like military normal humans. They're legitimately just schmucks. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> random citizens so, who didn't so, die when they fell so, in the water. So I want to stop there because there, that part was like so like, and I know you as a physicist, you're probably like your head was exploding watching that moment happen. But like that <laughs> that whole moment, I was like, like you said, everybody did. Like, first of all, they all appeared like in the sky, not like a little bit above the building. They were in mm-hmm. the sky, right? They were in yeah. the clouds. Then, and then they showed the result of some people missing, right? Hitting edges of the building, stuff like that, and them just getting murdered, right? And though water is a 
not the ground, you still going to get jacked up. Like, oh, yeah. 90% of those people yeah. would have got knocked out hitting the water straight out. And mm-hmm. then, I don't know, and maybe I got to go back and watch it, but I'm 100% sure some of the people who survived hit the ground on top of the building. Yes. Like, yes. So I was yes. like, that you can't like have it both ways. You can't show no. a dude hitting the edge of a building and being like absolutely obliterated, and then also like have a person just landing on the deck and being like, I'm good. <laughs> Let's just, my leg hurt a little bit. Like, yeah, right. that was. Nah. Even if you land on top of somebody else and they break, <laughs> oh your yeah, if you like, you were high up there, you super dead. You're super dead. <laughs> They're super dead. And it's okay. They landed dead. in the bushes. Like, <laughs> in the bushes. Uh, you being pale. The other guys. You being pale. <laughs> like, every scenario was the the like the earth. The planet was done. Like they immediately failed. The movie should have ended right there. Like <laughs> also, you know, I I didn't realize it till literally just now, but. The whole point of them falling out of the sky was like, oh, no, there's a there's an anomaly. There's a, mm-hmm, there's a problem mm-hmm. with the jump link. They never explained that. I thought yeah. something had happened and they would come back to it. And I totally forgot. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. And it's yeah, like mean, the first time there's been any sort of error with it. Right. Yeah, it seemed very random. But maybe it's because the research team where they were located and they'd already been killed. So some, maybe the uplink was jacked up because of that. But, but there's just so many problems, like even like how they communicate. Like, anyway, so continue what you're saying, Steve. I, I have plenty to say, but continue. So, so that was my first impression. I would say the, the, the best, the first best positive impression I have was when they show the white spikes. Okay, okay. I mm. think monster design is always really interesting to me. It's always cool to see what movie artists come up with for these monsters. And I thought the white spikes... It was good. Not just for movies, but for most media, were pretty pretty high up on my list of like, mm. you know, dangerous aliens. Um, with with uh, I would say Star Trek aliens and and Zelda Hylians down at the bottom <laughs> as basically just humans. Zelda and then <laughs> and then uh, a certain shade of blue from Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, somewhere in the middle, and then White Spikes somewhere at the top. Okay, uh, that was cool. They were scary. They were dangerous. They were fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it immediately mm-hmm. became clear that something about the White Spike invasion was weird. Because I'm like, these are animals. Mm-hmm. How are they smart enough to mount an invasion? Like they don't seem that intel. They seem somewhat intelligent, but they don't seem like they use technology or like have clothes. You know, right. Yeah, so so that was that was a cool little like foreshadowing of things. So, later. so let's stop right there at the white spikes because I, I actually really really agree with you, Shoop, uh, Steve, on the white spikes because I don't know how many movies I've watched where the reveal of the monster is so whack. Like yeah, like you mm. know they're hiding what they look like. You know they're hiding. You know maybe they're they just like you don't even get a good visage or whatever you want to call it of the mm-hmm. the enemy or the monster and then the moment they show up like we were talking about um what was it called um signs like the signs reveal of the aliens like <laughs> like if you've seen it you'll be like okay i guess that's a thing but like this one like yeah. really like when she said or he said whoever said like yo the reason we haven't shown anybody is because we honestly think if we showed people <laughs> like they wouldn't come and fight this war and when she said that, I was like, meh, like, we'll see. But then right, I saw yeah. the white spikes and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would never, mm, 100%. Have, 100% would have never. And 
and kind of echoing, echoing your point about them, you know, like, and, and we'll talk about the story and stuff like that. But yeah, like to me, it was always very interesting because, you know, number one, in my mind, when I first saw, saw them, I was like, that's interesting, like that the aliens are like not bipedal. Number one, like that's always what we do in movies. They're not blobs. They're not like they're kind of animalistic and they seem almost like like you what what was what what is there like ev- not that evolution was on some other planet but like like they seem very very designed like what order of animal exactly like they seem very designed to murder you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and it seemed like almost like a mishmash of different animals and mm-hmm. and they just killed and killed and killed and they didn't seem to really have a purpose behind what they were doing it just was like no goals and like no. i was like and immediately i said to shailene i was like how did they get to this planet like, I can't imagine these creatures flying a ship. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. You know, yeah, them know. being there, their whole <clears throat> their whole thing was that I think that really made them a powerful antagonist or enemy. It was, yeah, they were such a mystery. You know, like, and it was on every account. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't predict them. You couldn't try to, like Steve was saying, they didn't, they didn't seem to have any sort of, like, unifying tropes that was human-esque that we could latch on to. Mm-hmm. Every time you saw them, it was super primal. It's like, what is this thing going to do? And I think one thing that really helped the reveal <clears throat> that a lot of these other movies fail at is they try to prolong the reveal. Mm-hmm. And they build up all this tension, all this hype. And they have whatever it is, you know, kill hundreds of you know mercenaries and the strongest people on in the on the planet yeah, and yeah. you're running for hours and hours and then the reveal and it's like i don't think i don't think you could ever live up to what you know the hundreds of people in the theater each of mm-hmm. their own interpretations are and so like the sooner you show your idea for what is causing all this destruction i think it's better for you as a narrator because you you fill in that gap sooner and it doesn't necessarily have to be like mind blowing at that point, but being cool enough, I think, makes it feel even better. Yeah. Because the first time I saw the monster, I actually thought I recognized it from something else. Like it seemed very familiar. Like it was still very scary and very intimidating, but it wasn't like, oh, I've never seen that before type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like, it was, it made it seem like really cool in my mind because it's like, oh, it was almost like a callback, I guess, not to other aliens necessarily. But, you know, it kind of grounded the experience for me in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I feel like they did a good job in the reveal. They didn't overly hype it. Like, they didn't even talk about the enemy, really, until they were, like, really ready to go. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, from the moment you heard, like, oh, they're super scary to the moment you saw them was maybe, like, 15 or 20 minutes. And it was, like, just a short period of time where they were, like, oh, I just see them moving in the distance. Right? Right. And then, and then they were just on them once they were in that like stairwell and you were like, oh my goodness, (laughs) like, Uh like, how do you even fight this thing? You know? And, and I feel like there's, there was just so many elements about them. I mean, the first problem is that they could, the projectiles, I think anytime you have a monster Mm. that can shoot projectiles, it's like the worst. Like if they're like, they have to get on you, then you have a chance to deal with them. But if they can kind of. Like, they, they can not only destroy you in one-on-one, like, hand-to-hand combat, but they also have some accuracy. Like, dude, mm-hmm. like, worst type of monster, you know? And the animation for, like, for like the stance and the way that they kind of pointed and flung their tentacles yeah. when they were shooting those projectiles was, it just, everything just clicked. It was, really it was nice. so good. 
Yeah. Whoever works on that monster design, you know, deserves something. All the accolades. A big thumbs up. Yeah. Definitely. It was so good. Definitely. Um, and I remember when the first time it shot somebody in the stairwell, um, and Keisha was like, "Oh my gosh, they shoot too," <laughs> and and I was like, "Oh, but if you'd been paying attention, you would have seen all spikes. the spikes embedded yeah. in the wall mm-hmm. earlier." Um, so I thought that was cool too that they kind of showed like, "Oh, these guys." Um, but that for me drew attention to the fact that not only did the military not you know, show any pictures because, oh, they're too scary. They'll scare you away. But, I mean, even at the last second, they gave no advice regarding what the, like, can these things fly? Can they shoot? Are they, what color are they? You know, can they, can they turn invisible? Like, we need some information. So, so, so let's, that drove me crazy. Yeah, so let's, let's take a, (laughs) let's go back a little bit because I think that's something that me and Shailene were like so like the whole mo- like first of all I have some issues with the tomorrow war concept in general but like they <laughs> the fact like you said like think about how the whole sequence of events that started with um you know what's his name uh what's the actor's name um Chris Pratt Chris Pratt right he gets drafted and they immediately put him in the little arm thing, right? Mm-hmm. But like, right. why are like, okay, cool, you're about to do this. Maybe you know that people are gonna flee, but you already got him sitting in the chair. Like he's not getting away from this at this point. You got him right. locked in. Like you, you can start like explaining, like, hey, this is a part of the process. Boom, boom, boom. Like, okay, like it just felt like from the very beginning there was an unnecessary amount of just lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for the people that they're going to send to the future to fight super monster creatures. Like, even if you don't tell them what they look like, like you said, Steve, like, can you give me some idea of how I should fight them? Like, not just hold the gun and point and shoot, like, you know, like, give me some feedback, you know? And I don't know. That that really bothered me. Like, I don't, you know, continuing shoot, like, what was, how did you feel about that? Like, like what, did, is there any point that make? Does it even make sense? Like, can you see a, a scenario where it makes sense not to, to communicate basic information? <laughs> so in that scenario, when they were putting, when they were clamping his arm, I kind of get it because the armband, once it's on, makes deserting way harder. And so somebody who had a mind to desert might try to run away in that moment. I don't know. Or like do something to jeopardize the armband before it's attached. But like... Yeah, I agree. It seemed it seemed like okay, this is just for the sake of the movie's tension, and it's almost too contrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was manufactured tension for sure. Yeah, I think I don't know how I feel. So they're they're sending in civilians, right? And they're sending in civilians with essentially no training and maybe a few days' notice. Like you're about to be in the future in a few days. You don't know how to use guns. We're not giving you enough equipment, you know, like, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You really made me think about the scene where Odu was like, why they send us here in normal clothes? That man's still wearing a chef hat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So why? And they also never really explained why they sent that man. In a chef hat. You know, no, like, Dude, like do they not off. have enough material? Or at least have him take uh, the chef hat off. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, <laughs> I, it's not you, you had to put anything. the thing on his arm. Like, it didn't even fall off when he was getting a surgery. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I uh, So that was silly, right? I I felt like they they explained it, right? They were like, well, most, most people in the military can't go to the future. Therefore, we have to um, 
you know, we have to draft from like the res the, the normal population. And they said that like time was really of the essence mm-hmm. because of of the way the jump leaked work. Like you're going exactly thirty years in the future. They can't just take years to train you and then send you yeah. twenty eight years in the future. So it kind of makes sense, but I mean you don't need years. But basic boot camp would have been really helpful, I think, just if nothing else, yeah. Helpful. Just, you know, because you're really sending these people to die. Like, no wonder the attrition rate was so high. These are people who have never shot guns, people who've probably, I mean, at some of the age of a lot of those people probably even never even played video games mm-hmm. with, and, with first And then there's a whole other problematic situation where there has, they have a limited amount of people that they can send because they can't send people who are alive or somebody's parents at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was like a... Remember, mm-hmm. like, they were, like, you had to have died yeah. prior. So, like, yeah. yeah, I know there was only, like, what, 500,000 people left on the planet. So, I guess there's billions of options. But, like, it still seems like a bad idea to just keep throwing people randomly and they all just die. And then you run out of a population that you can use, you know? Right. Yeah. It didn't seem to be any sort of rhyme or reason. It's just, like, they were in panic mode but not getting any better at, like, strategizing. Which is like the whole point of a war, I guess, is if it's prolonged, eventually you want to try something else or do something more effective. So, and they kept sending that one guy who kept oh, doing tours, like he kept coming back, <laughs> but he wasn't training anyone. It was like this. <laughs> obviously, he knows yeah. how to survive. Why is he just going? Yeah, he back? knows what they look like. Yeah, yes, he knew he could he have knows, been some benefit. Yeah, yeah. So they just keep sending him back in the fray, which I think is very cruel, by the way. Yes. Well, he chose it, right? He chose to do it. Like, that was his Did option. he? Yeah, yeah. He did. That was the whole conceit. Like, he knew he was dying from, uh, like, bone cancer. cancer. From cancer. Some kind of cancer. So he was like, I'd rather die by my own terms, you know, on my mm-hmm. own terms. Well, I know, I know he said that, but did they ever imply that he was, like, asking them to keep coming back? I think he was volunteering, yeah. I think he was 100% okay. volunteering. And then that one guy, he got redeployed, that. and he didn't want to go, um... <clears throat> the other one guy. the other comic relief character i don't know his name but it was like the oh well yeah. no, 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 he no, got no. redeployed he was, he was a, already in the mission so it was like he yeah you know. it was still during the seven day mission yeah he wasn't actually redeployed oh, okay I, I didn't know those were necessarily different right. okay 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 so so let me let me throw a, a theory at you on why well first of all i i think everything about the whole military situation was stupid but what if the reason that the military was so haphazard was because most of the people running the military were like like young younger and didn't have the experience to kind of know how to appropriately do it right mm. like they were all like maybe 30s and 40s which is you know maybe 20s 30 i don't know how, like 30s i guess um you know so they were young military hmm you mean the military in the future in or the, the future. military that got sent back yeah, to the, the future. in the future like and they all had to be kids because of you know, the time jump and all this stuff. But like, you have to think to yourself, even if you gave them that, right? There's a military that exists today, right? All over the planet, all these militaries were working together. These boys couldn't donate like flak jackets. Like they couldn't have went into military overdrive, like a state of emergency. Like let's make a whole bunch of clothes for all type of people, you know, like take the man chef hat off and give him a helmet. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. it just seemed yeah. like they were, you know, yeah, things were unnecessarily being like overlooked mm-hmm. to their and, detriment. And then there, yeah, like there's so much vagueness on like what's happening and why are we doing this? What's going on? And, I, and like I get like you got to do that. You just got to get people going. And and clearly they understood their. So okay, 
So now, okay. <laughs> okay, I just want to ask y'all about what do you guys think about this whole time fighting a war in the future? Like, how does this make any sense in the first place? Okay. Okay. So as soon as this lady came out of the portal in the soccer game and she was like, we need you to come to the future and fight with us. And then they talk about the world, the, the draft. As soon as that happened, I turned to Keisha and I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> because, I mean, it's it's the concept of borrowing from the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're undercutting yourself if you do that. But then they, but they, they made me feel better by talking about how they're only sending people who have died yeah. mm-hmm. in those th- in the intervening 30 years. I'm like, okay, so they're not, I mean, kind of, because you're still, in theory, you're still changing the future. If you sense, mm-hmm. you know, so if, if I'm going to invent uh, a new super weapon, for example, just as an example, 15 years from now, and then I die, like I would have been available for this war and they would have drafted me. But if they draft me and I die, that I don't invent my super weapon. It doesn't matter that I'm that I'm already dead by the time the war breaks out. I wasn't now I've died fifteen years early. And it didn't really seem like they cared about that in the military or in like the plot. Okay. Yeah, they definitely handled like they they kind of rode the fence on time travel theories in movies mm-hmm. because they didn't stick to the one that says, Oh, I go to the past to change the future necessarily. And they also mm-hmm. didn't Stick to the one that says I go to the past to change a different future, like in a different timeline, timeline. but I can't change my future. But they had like elements from both because his daughter died like in that future. Sorry to jump to the end and like spoil it, but like they <laughs> lost the war, you know, and so it didn't it didn't change, I guess, them winning the war in the past. And so it's like now that future doesn't exist. But at the same time, <laughs> if that future doesn't exist, then he could never go into the other like it's just i guess it's just like the confusing part between like are the timelines the same see fundamentally like time travel is doesn't make any sense because even if okay say they did this they had the perfect algorithm that chose people who wouldn't have a major impact on the future because they died sometime prior to some event right the problem Hmm. is we have a whole nother issue which is how does you know, uh, Chris Pratt's character dying in the war in the future affect his daughter in the past mm-hmm. who would be the leader in the future. But the reason she's the leader is because their dad ran away and then she just, you know, got more right, resilient. Got and like, like it breaks right there. Like eventually, like right. it doesn't make any sense. I think fundamentally in any timeline movie mm-hmm. where you're moving more than one piece on a board it's it has to be a different timeline like mm-hmm. uh you, you know time loop movie or whatever like it has to be another timeline because how does it make sense that you change something in the past like you did something successful in the future that can affect something in the past also not you know what i'm saying like it just Prevent fundamentally the future yeah you know so you mentioned Chris Pratt dying in the future. Did that happen? Did I miss that? No, no, no. I was saying that he died in the original timeline. Like, you know, he went, oh, he oh, left oh. his family in the original timeline. In the in the intervening 30 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. died in like a car accident or something. But, you know, like, which basically made his daughter eventually become the general. But imagine if he died in this timeline in the war. 
like fighting the right you know the, the whatever they're called the white spikes or and then he you know like how does that affect her maybe she doesn't become the general yeah, you if know. she would remember him yeah. dying from being drafted, she would probably exactly. hate the initiative. It was a, uh, it was what all, it was what <laughs> I'm making this up. It was what uh, time travel buffs would call an unstable time loop, mm. where she she remembered things in. Or let me let me adult Miri remembered things about her father coming back home, you know, divorcing her mom, eventually dying, and. And then when she's in the future and telling him all this. Yeah. And then he doesn't do that. Like, he doesn't go back mm-hmm. home and leave his family. Like, it mm-hmm. totally. Ch- and so me and Keisha were like, what changed? Like, what what event caused the timeline to change from what the way that she described it? Yeah, um, it could have been any number of things. Well, I definitely. I, I definitely. Well, yeah, go ahead. Not necessarily. I mean, you would expect. That anything that happened is part of the timeline, but it's just inconsistent. Well, yeah. I th- I think, you know, and they didn't do because the movie was long. And they had a lot to do. And, and I totally understand it. I think the reason originally, and this might not be what you're asked, saying, Steve, but I was this is just something I noted is that, you know how he's, they said he left. Right. He left his family. Well, they didn't get into this. But fundamentally, I think the reason he would leave his family in the non-altered timeline is because he didn't get that job remember yeah and yeah and basically you know he's disappointed and his life is all this so he makes a bad decision so mm-hmm. I, su- I assume that since he accomplished something of merit in this timeline he wouldn't leave his family or maybe he still leaves his family <laughs> well that's yeah, that's what that's what i'm saying leave. is that's what i'm saying is the version that she remembers the version of her father would have also accomplished something of merit, right? Like this would be a man who went to the future, helped fix the problem, and came back, and then left his family. Yeah, that's... but instead, you know, and but and even even for him to hear her say this, like maybe you could argue, like, oh, by knowing the future, he's able to change it. But him knowing the future should also always be part of the timeline. You know, it's not it's not self consistent. Yeah, that's, that's why I think Zelda does it better. They just make multiple <laughs> like because they they they're like we're not gonna play this game. Like we know that yeah. like altering anything changes everything, so it's easier. So so okay, now here's another problem. What about There's... the people? Okay, the link breaks. You know, like I said, this whole movie podcast is spoiler, but the link, oh, the jump, yeah, the jump breaks. At the end, I have some issues with that whole sequence of events. Hopefully, you can come back around that to that. But um, it breaks, and some of the children from the future are now stuck in the past. How in the world does that not basically like what in the world happens now? Like they like are right. there? Where are their parents? Because their parents exist somewhere on the planet, right? And they couldn't know that their kids came back, right? Matter of fact, unless they. I mean, I guess they could have kind of sent people who's like maybe their parents died when they were really young and they were in the military. Like I don't know if they can if they accounted for that on both ways. Like they could only send people to the future who were already gonna dead. Maybe they did something similar to sending people back. They did. It was they couldn't send anybody back who had already been born. They couldn't oh. send anybody back. So so that breaks everything. Because think about it this way. You are at home, uh, Kyle, you and your wife are at home. Mm-hmm. The event happens on the soccer game. Your daughter shows up on TV, 
right? Mm-hmm. You don't know it's your daughter, but it's your daughter. And like, how does, I mean, how does that not affect something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like well, when she's born, I guess, it is when the issue, because yeah, if she was part of that group, she'd still be around once she's born. Once she's born. Yes. And they never explain why they care. Like, why does it matter if I go to the future and there's still a version of myself alive? Why does it matter if right. I come to the past and I get to see my baby self? They they act like, I don't know, like you'd explode. They don't even act like anything. They just no. say this is what we're trying to avoid and they never say why. I think you that know, was more I, of like the, the time travel side of the fandom. Like Exactly. Was, they were trying to appease them by having a reason. I think it was I yeah. think it was very smart they, because they just knew that people already have that vernacular in their like sci-fi world like you can't meet your past self or your future self. Mm-hmm. So they were like we're not going to even try to explain. <laughs> They're like y'all get it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you're right, Brad. They they are now stuck in the past and eventually their younger their past selves are going to be born and they're going to have to well deal with it. They might have actually fixed that loop slightly. I don't know how many people from the past. Well, no, there had to be quite a few. So I was going to say, if only a few people were still alive from the future in the past, like they only sent like maybe like five people, right? Ten sure. people. and Probably more than that. Right? Yeah, not a lot. And a some of them went, you know, some of them probably jumped back into the future during certain periods of the war, you know? And um, so there was maybe like only like one or two, like that black girl and like maybe one other person who was still from the future just monitoring things. If that was true, they might have actually done a really good job at the very end of the movie by killing them when they made that final assault on the alien ship. Because they killed basically all the future people who were on that mission when they went to go. Yes. So maybe that was their cleanup. Like So that's what I So I don't remember. That's a fair point. I thought I thought that the 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 mission at the end had the woman uh heart with the with the braids mm-hmm. and it had it had the guy, I think his name was Darius, with the claw. Mm-hmm. But he's not from the future. He's from now. Yeah, right. Um, I don't remember who else, other than, like, you know, the main characters, were on that ship. Like, I don't know. Not on the ship. On that mission. I don't I don't know who was on the ship when it exploded. I thought it was just them two. But Keisha was saying there was a bunch of people yeah, there. Yeah, there. there was quite a few of the future people with them. Maybe one or two. I can't remember. Okay. It was more than I one. I don't remember sure. other. Yeah, I only remember the other two that were with them that came was his dad and his other friend from deployment. Yeah, it was the black. It was the two black guys and his dad. Yeah, and then there was and everybody dad. else was future people. Yeah, I only remember one other person, and yeah, it was the girl. Yeah, yeah, I only remember Hart being I, I there. I don't remember there the being bunch of at other least future two future. People. I have to go watch it. again. I'd have to watch it again. I almost watched well, it again last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe you. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> okay, okay, so so. <laughs> Let's talk a little I bit have, about... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. I have a theory I, that I, potentially after that like whole altercation where they go and they find the ship and they kill who they think is the queen that they fought in the future, I have a theory that maybe nothing changed hmm. because he survived and his daughter survived. And that's kind of like the only ones that really matter to like progress the story to where it was. Like I know yeah. some people came back and stuff, but but none of that stuff really matters because they're going to be born later. Um, but like, what if he blew up the ship? Right? They thought it was over. 
but still in like what 20 years or whatever everything melts and there was like a second level or a second ship that had them on there and so you know like we were talking about earlier he still leaves his family even though he accomplished this thing something still happens oh, to where he still leaves his family right he still dies and his daughter he didn't tell her anything about this it seemed like he wasn't going to still yeah. doesn't know that he was deployed you know he was just away for a little while she knew daddy was going to come back she said and so maybe maybe the time well she knew he was deployed yeah <clears throat> but maybe so but maybe nothing changes so maybe that's why she was able to i don't know so that's very compelling the only problem i see i mean they do both live and those are the that's most of the important stuff but the other really important thing was that nobody in the future knew where these guys where these aliens had come from they thought there was a ship all this other stuff but in this new timeline even if there's like a second ship humans are still aware that there was a ship that had been crashed for a long time that we blew up at least one of them so like that's at least one major change. Mm, that's and a also, good point. And also, I think because the military, well, you know, the guy took, <laughs> he took it as like, you, I sent them in to do it. But now I think <laughs> like, all the credit. Was man. he, the, was he the president? Like, who was that he guy? He was just like the leader of the military. Yeah. Whoever in the U.S. First of all, like, there's a whole bunch of issues I have with this because like, we're supposed to assume that there's more than one military involved, right? And they're all sending people. So I'm assuming there's other people other links or maybe there's only one link in the u.s like they they never made that clear like was there multiple places mm. that were sending people or was it just because they said it was the whole world effort but yeah. as far as we know they were only sending americans but they but if well you know how alien movies they say we're gonna attack the, the world and it's always the united <laughs> states it's only the <laughs> well you said the in the movie in the future most of the world is gone. It's just the United States, I think. But if you but if you're and, and if you're sending people from like every from everywhere. everywhere, then I mean there would be more forces. But I mean, okay, that's a whole nother. So okay, <laughs> that's true. We never we never see any foreigners. <laughs> so so okay so. I mean, you know, this is a movie, so there's a lot of like weird moments of them like bare hand fighting the queen and like doing stuff that doesn't make sense that should have mm-hmm. probably killed them. But like, I just want to talk about the last sequence of of them in like at the like the water fortress and when they're being assaulted. First of all, that was ridiculous. Like I was like, there's literally no winning. <laughs> them fools swam from wherever yeah. with everybody. They said we bring in the whole family. And they murdered everything. <laughs> but think about this. Chris Pratt's character's whole goal was to go into the back into the past with this information that in this uh, disease or whatever that would kill the the creatures, right? Right. This mm-hmm. fool almost killed himself, like trying to like yeah. save his daughter. And I get it, it's emotional and it's what it is, but like he jumped. He jumped. Like he didn't. F- he was mid air. Yeah, like no he, plan. he threw himself. Like, what if it was three seconds later? <laughs> you know, like right. Like, and it only bit off his hand that was holding <laughs> the vial. Was holding the vial. <laughs> and there's one one white spike just dies, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> the whole world ends. Also, also like me, me and Shailene were talking about how it was such a bad plan because the moment they had the virus, 
the they should have given it to Chris Pratt immediately, but they kept it with his daughter until the very, very end, right? Yeah. And what if she just That's got so snatched dumb. up? I thought, I thought that he did have it the whole time, and then she hands it to mm-hmm. him. I'm like, what do you do? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be yeah, dramatic, but it, yeah. it just it made absolutely no sense. It, it was. It was definitely because they kept un- splitting up too. Like while they were trying to get there, exactly. And she was like, "Run, you go to it." And like he, if he would have got to the link or wherever they were trying to get to, she still had it. She would have died, and it would have got thrown in the water, and it would have been over. Like so, dumb. you know, you know. And it's just like, and I mean, I guess technically they didn't really use the virus to kill everybody. They used a bomb. So <laughs> technically, they didn't even need the virus if you think about it. They just needed no. to blow everything up. Look, but yeah, the knowledge. You know, that was uh, so. So I wanted to talk to you about the ending in general because I actually thought this is one of the cooler moments in sci-fi. Like I'm a big sci-fi fan. I can you know talk about all kind of sci-fi movies. Shout out to the Sunshine fans out there. That Ooh, is the sunshine. to me like top of the list number one. But anyway, um, at, and there's no time travel, so it's it's a consistent <laughs> it's, movie. It's, you can understand great sci-fi. But um, I thought it was really cool the way that they went with the how the aliens got here right i love mm-hmm. that it wasn't that it was the aliens who got here mm-hmm. but it was almost as if this was just completely accidental yeah. right like mm-hmm. who knows what the first of all like i want to go back and almost look at what the aliens were who like seemed to be like operating the ship because they like were the just pilots. upside down right like they were dead kind of like the engineers from alien yeah you know they like, were humanoids just, yeah, they were like humanoids, but they seemed to be very big. Like I, I didn't get a chance to look at them, but I thought it was like super cool that like, oh, this means like there is some like spacefaring culture that precedes us by what like has to be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I thought that was really really cool. Yeah. That, like that they that kind of cool reveal slid that in there, and I mean not that they'd make a sequel, but like. It'd be super cool if somehow that alien race kind of became a thing, you know? Ooh, maybe they they come to Earth looking for that lost ship. Exactly. Like, you or, blew it up? What do you mean? Or, may, or maybe... Oh, yeah. When yeah. when they blew it up, it sent a distress signal, and that calls in the cavalry. Yeah. Ooh. Or, or, yeah. Although, I don't know why crashing wouldn't send a distress signal. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, they might they might already, you know, for all we know, they're already on the planet, you know, Ooh, yeah. for all we know, we that that's our predecessors, you know, like they came before us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Uh, like, that seems a little extra. But I don't know. I just think there's a lot of really cool things that you could do with that, you know, mm-hmm. that like they're not just they're, they're random, but they're not, you know, um, I, I just think that was really, really cool. I don't know, like, and in that, like, like, because if you think about it, like they said, like they came from Russia, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know what, why they didn't like spend any time going like, hey, let's like actually research where they may have came come from, you know? Like, it seemed like nobody was trying to figure this out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like five people figured it out on their own. Like, how did they even figure out that it was there? The little boy. The, the, the volcano the boy, expert. Yeah. That was my thing. I was like, why are they asking this kid? I get he's like the resident a volcano expert, but he's a kid. He's not actually the expert. There's a real expert. <laughs> so that kind of leads into one big issue I had with this movie, which is which also contributes to the score I gave it. 
which was that the main character had some of the thickest plot armor. And one of the things, one of the rivets in his thick plot armor was meeting every character that he would ever need to succeed. And even down to that little boy, which it was just like completely, like they tried to make it at the end, I guess seem kind of random, but like Mm -hmm. within a 20 minute span, somebody would say, hey, we need somebody to do this. And it would zoom in on Chris Pratt's face. He would look into the air and say, oh, I know a guy type of thing. (laughs) And he did it four times over in a 20 minute span and everybody knew their job perfectly. You know, he had his dad who was a pilot to get him over there at the end. He knew a military guy who he found at the same, some random bar somewhere. He knew the little kid. The the one funny guy he was talking to in the military base was also what, what some sort of biological wait, engineer wait, wait. or something. Where did he work, Steve? Where did he work? He worked at Georgia Tech. The B- Georgia oh. Institute of Technology. Not MIT. Because MIT is not is nothing. It's Georgia Tech. <laughs> Come on, baby. It's worthless. We saved the planet. When she said, when his daughter in the future said, he's like, oh, did you go to, I don't know, Yale, whatever he asked. And she goes, no, MIT. And the movie pauses. And I'm, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Is that supposed cool, to be? with the MIT. <laughs> but y'all ain't say the world Georgia Tech did. But anyway, sorry, go back. That's what right. What you're saying, uh, Kyle. The plot. So, yeah. Line. So, that's pretty much it, though. But, yeah, like, he met the most, and all the people he could have possibly met. He met everybody who directly contributed, like, to a T. Everything he That's needed to get at the end, but but I think that was actually like kind of the the blockbuster movie part of it, like the the Independence the Day, part you know, it. like the everybody who you need to save the world is actually just right here the whole time, and the goofy kid. The, <laughs> first of all, I, <laughs> he was like, if you talk about volcanoes one more time, you know, like I just <laughs> thought it was funny. Like I thought he was throwaway. So I love how they brought it back. I mean, I mm-hmm. think the bigger problem to me was that the military guy wouldn't even kind of sort of try to investigate this information, like even just pass it off. Like, Hey, yeah. like, like, I mean, but I guess once again, this is the, the, the few, the same military that was sending people <laughs> with nothing, like, you know, right. what they woke up in. To the future <laughs> to fight the most. Well, this, this man woke up in a chef's <laughs> hat. <laughs> I love my chef hat. <laughs> well, I you guess know. in the face of the threat, though, I don't know. Like, it felt yeah, it felt genuine, I guess. But at the same time, it's just like the stakes were higher. And mm-hmm. the people who were telling you this were people who had been to the future, seen the thing, and would be the only people that have any sort of information that could lead to anything and yeah to not even like entertain the idea and wait for pushback from like someone else or something was just didn't make any sense yeah it it seemed very stupid but you know it's like it's a movie it's you know you got you give it that but you know i think I, i think my biggest problem with the movie was the lack of attempt to prepare the past for the future in case they failed their mission in the future right mm, like until the end. until the very end like it seemed like why not communicate this information like hey they came from russia hey we're trying to work on a cure we don't know what it is but hey we have a part of the genome so we're going to send you regular updates of what might kill this thing you know what i'm saying like right. like yeah. like there was no, like we're going to send you some technology so if we fail we have an opportunity that will be more prepared in the future. Yes. You know, then they didn't even talk like, okay, 
so so here's my question did they figure out this time travel technique in the midst of fighting a war against creatures who were killing everybody like that's what it seems like or at least they got it to a point to where they were comfortable moving people because they, they didn't it, talk about it at all so they use it on rats at first or something did, are you asking if they said that? I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. Though. Yeah, I mean, like, like th- that kind of tech. They invented time travel. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, they invented time travel, travel in thirty in a thirty year span, with a limited amount of population and like the mental, like, like the lack of resources. Like they did some like crazy stuff. Like, mm. and I mean to to be first of all, I think doing time travel with one person would be difficult. But they were sending hundreds of people at a time. Right, like, daily, you know, and they're just good, and and I guess the anchor or wherever it was was in this this what uh, oil rig in the middle of the ocean, and they mm-hmm. they somehow moved it to the oil rig, like, but but the location, like to me, I felt like the 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 location that you would get transported to would be at the same location as you know the time traveling mechanism. Not oh. like some really nice place that you like somewhere in the past. You know, like it just seemed like it put you in the well, same spot, could, but in a different. They could way. freely, they could freely choose. Like, Which sounds like I yeah, mean, it'd be a more complex version of time travel. Yeah, because because they they what did they teleport the guy to Miami Beach, mm-hmm. or that was the plan at least. Mm-hmm. And then presumably, if they're if they're tele- teleporting people from all over the past. But they're all coming to the U.S. in the future. Like that's gotta happen somehow. And why not explain to them the technology for time travel now? Like yeah, where the schematics at? Well, that's really dangerous. I, I fully agree with not giving the past time travel. <laughs> but you have no future. Like, what if you had to go? Okay, cool. Let's do like we're dead in the future. But we gave them the t- technology to go further in the past to maybe get ready even more. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe you don't want to mm. go too too far. But I'm like. I mean, there's a lot of issues, you know, maybe it's because they're kids at the end of the day, but it's like, I don't know. They're desperate. You know? And yeah. I don't know. I think it's hard because what were they trying This the people writing this movie, what, what is always the play when you have a time travel device and your, your present is dire, you try to go to the past and maybe you try to change the past so that your future never happens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like that's like the last minute thing. These guys were like, "We want to write a movie where someone tries something different." Yeah. And so instead of changing the past, they're they're borrowing from the past. And you know what? It's kind of wonky, and <laughs> it's and uh, there's a lot of it creates a lot of problems with storytelling and consistency, but. I think it was a good effort overall. And, I, and I'll yeah, say they definitely tried something new. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll say that like I'll say like eighty percent of the movie. I kept saying to Shailene, "But why are they sending people in the future to die?" <laughs> like I just kept saying that. But then eventually, <laughs> when when it came to the conclusion, and who knows why they're hiding this, that they were trying to buy time to find a way to kill them so we they could send in the future. I was like, I get it. And if you can't make more time travel. You know, you can't go at different times. It's just a one way, you know, a one buoy, you know, what do you say? A boat to a boat or whatever. I was like, I get that. I get that. Like, cool. Like you need people in order to, to save the future. And the, the solution to save the future is only in the future. Right. And they think to themselves, 
there's not enough time from wherever the past moment is for them to solve the issue. I get it. And, and like you said, I think kudos to them for trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So yeah. going back to I the think, story. Oh, you can go ahead. I'll say really briefly. Um, I think one other little wrinkle that this introduces is like normally when your characters are making the decisions of how to do things, the idea to go to the past and essentially abandon your present and just hope to help other people is not high up there. Right. Like you're basically saying, well, game over for us. But maybe we can help the human race survive mm-hmm. in an alternate dimension. Um, yeah, th- we didn't see any of that decision making. Everyone just kind of seemed on board with it. Yeah. And that's probably for the best because <laughs> that's boring. I think, or, yeah, <laughs> I think those discussions are boring, it, I guess. Yeah. Who knows what led to it? Exactly. Yeah. Like maybe it was the, still the last resort. And maybe that's why there's so few people left as they're just now really getting this like phase of that type of plan implemented because it took so when, long to get people to agree. We don't know what, what like a bill, what level of culture is left. You know, there's not a lot of people left. Is it just the military? Mm. seems like it. I, th- I think yeah. it, like she's the Colonel. Was she, or she's a, she was a Colonel or commander or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. We never heard or saw anyone being higher ranked than her. It seemed kind of like she was just in charge of everything. Yeah. There's, a, there's a good chance that like, the U.S. was kind of the last place that survived. And the people who were on that cruise ship that all got murdered were, like, maybe the last civilians. But most of the population was, like, military because, you know, they could, like, escape and fight. God, that cruise ship really came out of nowhere. It did. Am I crazy? Shailene, no. I'm like, Shailene said to me that they said something about it. But I missed it. I didn't I didn't hear that. Okay. I missed it, too. I don't remember anything. Yeah, I don't remember it. But, but what were you saying earlier, 3Ms? You said back to the story, Kyle. Yeah. So I was thinking about... <clears throat> At the very beginning, they were doing like some world bu- building and some initial character development. What do you guys think about, I guess, how they handled, you know, Chris Pratt's character's backstory? And, you know, they kind of, I guess, really went through all the things that he'd experienced to kind of, I guess, justify what things he does later. But how do you think that was handled? Hmm. If you remember it, like he was, uh, he was a, a teacher of some sort he had ex-military background um and then yeah he was pursuing like this really prestigious what was the job again research it was a re- some research, research position. position so so okay i am okay with some of it because i think like oh it was cool like he had all the pieces of the elements that you need to be successful right he he was intelligent he had a military background and he also had like the motivation, like my family, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good like kind of character to create as the center point. I do think like some of the moments where they chose him as the the per- like for example, they they land in the past. Not everybody dies from falling from the sky, right? The future, yeah. And who survives? Him and the black dude who's been there like. 20 times <laughs> right who seems to be very like knowledgeable and and lucky but but maybe he wasn't military i don't know maybe he was just swole but i was like if this man is military why not put him in charge mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. put this guy they didn't put anybody they in put charge. no they put him in Everybody, charge they put chris yeah Pratt. they radioed they, him they said all right you have the most military experience you're now going to run point or whatever you need to get these guys going to this point. Tell them what to do. Da da da. He said, "Okay, cool, I got it." Right, and he took charge. Right. Well, 
Where did he get the radio? Did he have the radio? It was in his already, ear. Or did he pick it up? Yeah. I think everybody had a radio. It did Every, the everyone had a radio. He was, where it's invisible. he was just the first one to answer the radio when someone called on the radio. Yeah, but but they said, oh, we, you're this person. Oh, you have this background. And they immediately gave him the command, the command right? Right, yeah. But I think it's just because, well, maybe you're right. I just took that to mean that he showed initiative. He answered the phone. So they were like, all right, you're in charge. I didn't black dude yeah. one of the I think the black dude said something too like he was like you know he said when they started talking about research or the research team the black dude was like all right on me or you know I'll take point or something mm-hmm. but then that didn't go anywhere because they stayed as one group and they followed Chris Pratt so <laughs> go figure <laughs> all right yeah the yeah. whole exchange was kind of canned I guess like it seemed like it happened for us to see everyone else in the group Mm-hmm. see that he was ex-military yeah yeah which it, it seems like some, that's something they should have done like before they went was like maybe established leaders before yeah exactly that, that's that's yeah, what it I was meant. before they yeah there's a whole breakdown of like let's have some kind of structure like who's the best person like hey you you seem to have experience you lead this platoon you have experience mm-hmm. you lead this platoon it was just like literally they were just dropping fools in and they were like fight <laughs> like, yeah, like, like gun. it was like Gantz. Have you guys seen Gantz? Yeah, I've seen Gantz. That's a whole. That's exactly what it's <laughs> like. Whole, that movie, wild. I don't think I've seen that. People one. have, people have no concept of what's going it's, on. Yeah. They don't know the danger they're in. Fair. There's no organization. There's no. There's goals. Just some people who are really knowledgeable and like really good and know everything and like, but because they've done, yeah, it. they've been there already. Basically, the swole black guy. Yeah, I mean, as far as like character development, I. I I think, you know, I did enjoy the, the comedic, uh, the black guy, the Georgia Tech guy. I thought they did a pretty good job of giving him a balance of like, he's kind of serious, but he makes jokes and like, he's saying like the obvious things that even you as a viewer are thinking, uh-huh. you know, like when I'm telling you, once he said the chef hat thing, I was like, <laughs> Yo, this, he, he was like, why are they just bringing us here? Like we are like, this don't make no sense. Like he was asking good questions, but it's like. I don't know, like. But then yeah. he hid. Yeah, and then he hid. Remember he he yeah. he hid, and I was like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna die, like he's gonna kill himself, or he's mm-hmm. gonna have PTSD yeah, or something. That part was heavy. And then he was fine. He was just fine. he recovered. He said, "I'm gonna make a difference." He said, "I'm gonna do something that matters." And I. But even before that, when they went to him, he was just at his job at true. Tech, being <laughs> all jovial. Like, well, time to get this money for the next thirty years before I die. <laughs> <laughs> to hide you from white claws <laughs> yeah amen yeah that was it went really deep and dark with him and then it was just nothing was like, Never mind. other than that i agree with you i get i get what you're saying i mean they did bring it back around when they went to the ship and he like fought he was like i'm this time yeah. i'm not gonna be scared um yeah that's true know. they did i, Yo, I yeah, do that chainsaw buzzsaw, yeah, whatever the chain. it was. <laughs> yeah. oh that moment was that's one of those moments that was like slapstick Mm, uh because that guy this monster came around the corner and it's like trying to like backpedal (laughs) it's like skidding on the ice (laughs) his chainsaw is just is just ready for it it just just slides right his head right into the chainsaw and the guy's like getting it it was beautiful Keisha was looking at me hilarious like she was looking at me funny because I was laughing so hard (laughs) I was like I love this what a great moment it's like years of war so she was like what are you what are so you what do you guys think about the last sequence where him and his dad uh chris pratt's character and his dad were fighting <laughs> <laughs> the 
last like i don't i thought it was like i was like i don't know what's happening here but this is just it was so ridiculous man all there was a great ending first Mm -hmm. his dad baited it with his jacket when did he have time to build a snowman (laughs) it doesn't matter it was great. <laughs> it was great. Then that dude, he shot it once, and then he had the most silent um, sniper rifle. No, he he crashed into it with his uh, snowmobile. Oh yeah. Oh. Like, out of nowhere, he had one <laughs> chance to do that. That's a pretty. Can we talk about that? That's a really impressive jump to make. Yes. You crash your snowmobile into a into mm-hmm. a airborne alien. That's monster. pretty gangster. Where where did he get that jump from? Like this. <laughs> They're, yeah, right. that's what that's why they did that all off screen. They're like, it ain't gonna make no sense. <laughs> you just gotta find a little hill and hope that everything and, lines up, and, and that it jumps when it does jump. And like, it <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, that was that was that honestly took me out of the fight just for a split second. Oh, there was a lot of things that took me out of the fight because then you know he was fist fighting it, <laughs> and his dad was legit about to die, and mm-hmm. so he stabbed the thing, and then. Like he jumped on its back. Like how do you even? It had the like the spike tail, so and it problems. didn't stab him where he was grabbing it around the neck. There's so, so many problems. So many problems. But but I loved they it were because just it being was, irresponsible in that. Fight. It was so like I call Independence Day. Like it was so just over the top ridiculous. Like it don't make no sense, but I love it because it happened. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's the kind of movie where. You know, in most movies, like when they they like make a movie like that, they think to themselves, "How can we make a sequel?" But mm. it almost felt like they were like, "Yo, we just gonna make this and hope it makes some money and keep moving." Uh-huh. Like because they in a in another sci-fi movie, they would have shown like one skittering away, you know, yep. in the distance or something, you know. Well, <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't do that because that that'd be a boring sequel. I think the sequel bait is the uh, the engineers in the ship. Yeah, that would have been cool if they showed like the engineers. Mm-hmm. But 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 a lot of sci-fi movies. No 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 no. Yeah, go. I don't think they need to show them. I think I think what they did was perfect. They implied the existence of like mm-hmm. a loose end. Like oh, who are these other aliens? Yeah, the What's other alien species yeah. that was transporting. But you know, like sci-fi sci-fi Sorry. movies are like a lot of times they love that like oh you didn't really like horror movies do this too. Oh, you think you did it, but you really didn't. Like it's right. always. Like hand out all, of the grave, you know, and they don't necessarily do a part two, but they all, they, yeah, exactly, hand out of the grave. They love doing that. So, I I agree with you, Steve. I hate I, that. I, pre- I agree with you, Steve. I appreciate that they didn't do that because it just mm-hmm. made it concise. And if they go another direction, they can do what they did with the snowmobile, just do it off screen, <laughs> and just tell us it happened. It almost seemed like they were going to somehow try to pull that off because in the fight you know he he stabbed oh, it and injected yes. it once right mm-hmm. and she bit off her own arm to stop the poison yeah and so then they were fighting some more and he shoved it down her throat and they're like okay she's definitely dead this time right and so she falls off the hill and it like pans in like it's going to be one of those moments where you think she's dead again mm-hmm. but she's not but then she dissolved. So yeah, like one of those moments where you just see her fall <laughs> like through the melon. clouds, but you don't see mm-hmm. her die. You just hear it. But they were like, "No, nah, exactly. no, we mm-hmm. we want to give y'all resolution." Like this thing. Not only did it die, <laughs> it that it did nothing. You yeah. know, like it yeah. was gone. Yeah, I'm you grateful. Know? What the heck was that poison? Like, I wish they had. I mean, God, whatever it was, it really tore through those those guys. I mean, yeah, they didn't explain it. I mean, that's a, that junk was like pure acid. Yeah, yes, it was some kind of. Thing that 
just i guess if you think about it there's plenty of like medical um um biological warfare things that kill humans in very horrible ways like That's sarin true. gas and stuff like that like yeah so i guess you just got to figure yeah. out what that thing would be for the aliens I mean, because yeah, she was researching like a, a bind or like, like whatever the bind. Procedure. She was trying to bind whatever whatever chemical the queen was using to to uh, neutralize the toxin. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do like that the the what were the white spikes? I, I never can remember the name. Like mm-hmm. I like that they're kind of like number one, they're kind of chaotic evil. Like they don't really have mm-hmm. a plan. Like they're just murdering anything, but they seem to also. I don't know. It's like it seemed like they were, like they sent blood. They were like, okay, okay. Think about this for a second. This just just occurred to me. They resonate from blood, right? They smell blood like sharks or whatever. But uh-huh. if they're from an alien planet, from some other place, why does mm. human blood? Yeah. Like, why does that trigger them? You know, like that would hmm. that would say that the the. If those things were biologically engineered, because that's what it almost feels like they were, because there were no sac- sacks, and there was millions. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what was going on with the ship? Like, what was that ship's plan? Like, what was it doing? You know? Well, maybe, maybe our blood is just kind of common throughout the galaxy or whatever. You know, maybe because it wasn't just humans; it was animals they were chasing too in the uh, in the desert true, or in the true. I guess in the Sahara scene when they captured the queen, they were like hunting anything with blood, random animals. Blood. Yeah, pretty much anything that moved. Um, yeah, their blood was different. Yeah, I mean, who knows? They might not. It might really just be human blood. Uh, maybe they're smart enough; they can smell lots of stuff, and maybe they were just smart enough to know, oh, I smell human blood, and they act on that. They're not like instinctually attracted to it or anything so what do you, so what I do think, you yeah go ahead Kyle. one of the things we were talking about on last i think you mentioned it brad <clears throat> was um oh, uh, croc, not the croc, not the crocodile hunter what's the crocodile hunter? anyway he mentioned uh that animals that haven't encountered humans before mm-hmm. don't react to humans and so i guess to that point you know if they were smart enough i guess to know human blood in that encounter on the ice where they hadn't encountered humans yet like, how do you explain why they mm. knew what human blood was? Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. She knew what human yeah, blood so, was. Yeah, so, so there's there's a lot of questions to me about the intent of that alien ship. Like, I know it's completely throwaway. It's just like, in, like for them, from maybe from a movie writing standpoint, it's just a cool reveal. But to me, I just think there's so much you could do with that. Like, there was an alien ship from thousands and thousands of years ago flying around. Maybe it crash landed. Mm-hmm. Maybe who knows what happened. But it had thousands of these things waiting, yeah. like in gestation period. For what? You know, like, well, you know? They said that, right? They said that the ship likely was used to clear out planets. The question was whether they meant to attack Earth or whether they just crashed on oh, Earth. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. They definitely said, like, these seem to be engineered for... for invasion for wiping planets so so okay so these people have the uh they are like sending these things to destroy planets now they crash landed assuming and maybe one or two of the creatures got out and killed them first of all what happened to those creatures maybe they died who knows but like they got out then they were frozen inside so like they so so and this was I, i guess if they were frozen I mean, I, once again, I don't know enough about geology to, like, say what the timeline was. 
but it had to almost either, you know, precede human civilization. Humans might have existed, but maybe it was just, yeah, like you said, just to kill any. So maybe they were programmed. So what if they were, yeah, sent here on purpose, programmed to wipe out all, like, mammalian so the, life? I mean, the ship, the ship looked like a crash site, and the the the, the guys, the engineers like were, they looked like they died on impact. They were still, like, strapped in, and they didn't find, yeah. like, empty sacks of No, escapes. I thought they were hanging upside down, like how they, how they, they killed, like, how down. the creatures killed humans. Oh, oh, I didn't think about I that. they were in the cockpit. Yeah, maybe. I did too. They were inside whatever cockpit, but they were upside down. At least it looked yeah, like, like they the, were upside the down. The ship was up. I thought the ship was upside down. No, because it because they entered like no, like almost normally. Like they were just walking around. It was like, flat surface, but I, I guess I was assuming it was the, the roof since those guys were upside down. But I, yeah, I, I thought the ship was upside down. But now that I think about it, I don't remember why I thought that other than seeing the cockpit like that. Yeah, yeah I just, if they were ha- if they were strung up, then yeah, yeah, and they made a very big point to show you what it looked like when they were eating us, like harvesting us or whatever they were doing. Who knows what that was? Oh, so to the I, researchers, yeah, yeah. So I think that was the point. So, like, clearly they their mission failed, but you know maybe yeah, like you said, maybe they weren't heading to this planet, but like where I don't know, like where like it's just so many questions. I really. I know they probably will never make a movie about it, but I just think that's really interesting. Like this, there's like a whole nother plot <laughs> that you could go down. Right. That, that actually implies that. So I was going to ask if uh, the whole point was that, Oh, they were frozen in the snow and then the snow melted or the ice melted. And then that's when they escape in the future. But I'm like, but they're not frozen mm-hmm. in the ice. They're in their tanks, you know, like, the ship would have to have woken them up when it was mm. thawed out. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But if we're saying that a couple of them escaped on impact, killed the engineers, and they got frozen, and they're the ones who thawed out, and they're the ones who... Released the others. Um, you know, who are, are frozen in the ice, then, in theory, they're still frozen in the ice now, even though the ship was destroyed. Okay, they so, were, now, nearby. so now it gets me into the thought of... How, so how did they enter the ship? I can't remember. Did they blow a hole in it? They they blew up a lot of the ice. Oh, that's a good, that's a good they question. They they welded their they uh they melted uh Star Wars style. They melted a hole in the door and, and walked. Okay. They used the saw. Yeah. So they broke in. So first of all, we had the materials to be able to destroy their ship, which is interesting. But um, the aliens, the the white spice escaped somehow. So that means there's a breach somewhere. So are we supposed to assume that, like, okay, th- so they crash landed when there wasn't ice there, and then ice came on top of them. They probably crashed into ice, and the ice refroze, mm. and then more ice came on top of them. Because cause I almost feel like they crashed before the ice formed, then the ice was on top of them, so there's a chance that there like, might be a white spike already outside of the ship somewhere you know i mean maybe that's true but i feel like if it was before the ice then that white spike would just be roaming around and there wouldn't be so like any life on earth well were they crashed into a mountain or was it a glacier it was a glacier so that so i mean if if they were at the top of the glacier then yeah the glacier had been well how do glaciers form i mean do they form from the bottom wait wait a second wasn't the way that they they pinpointed 
who the where they were was by the volcanic ash mm-hmm. under the talon of the one of the black guy hats. Yes. So that means that they had to be exposed at some point, right, to the environment to get the volcanic ash on them, right? No, 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 no. That, yeah, they were exposed to the ash when they were digging out through the the melted snow. That was the uh, yeah, that was the theory. Post, post, it's, it melted enough. It melted enough for them to dig their way out. So they, so the the creep. So okay. So are we supposed to assume that the creatures who were in the ship who killed the crew were just frozen, and they unfroze? But how? Well, like what temper? Like there's so many questions here because if they were able to dig out of the snow, that means they were still under snow. So mm, like, yeah. I. Based on based on that theory, I fully expected them to to like be entering a zone with with like working and living creatures, mm-hmm. you know. But instead, they were all in stasis. So that that was surprising and unexpected, and it doesn't really make sense to me. So I mean, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about them being strung up by the monsters, but to me, that's what was implied. Maybe it was upside down and it crashed, and maybe the warming temperature just woke them up out of their their sacks in general, and then they immediately went to that process. That would maybe maybe oh, that yeah. would make more sense. I'd have to go back and watch. I'm, I'm now I'm interested because I, I mean, they, it was like a quick flash, but it just reminded me of those scientists. There's so. probably a, a theory somewhere on this move. I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Kyle, you should write a whole article about your theory about it being a time loop, and that it was just gonna, you know, it was gonna <laughs> happen anyway. But but just yeah. make sure you disable comments because I'm gonna take it apart. <laughs> uh, I was hoping you would co-write. And and also, could, and was there only one queen? Like only one? That's what it seemed like. It was in, it was implied there was more than one queen in the future, but maybe there was one queen in the ship, and she gave birth to more queens. Interesting. Mm. Well, that yeah, that room that was full of them. I mean, we don't know who was in there, but there was one queen in that main little room. There was one queen that got away. Yeah, she was from that main. Presumably, room. anyone in there, queen or otherwise, who was in the ship when it exploded, died. They were taking their time injecting them for some reason (laughs) yeah well to be fair i didn't expect the dying aliens to start screaming and making a noise and the other ones to actually wake up from that 100 percent did the moment they stepped in there i mean keisha was like why didn't they do them all at once and i'm like there's more than one room yeah i mean their plan wasn't gonna work anyway because once they saw that room (laughs) with like ten thousand of them like their only option I still demand due diligence. (laughs) Everything. What I want to know is, could they? It seemed like they had aerosoled the uh, the toxin in the future, and that was how they cleared the caves of the males and how they got the queen. Why didn't they do that? Yeah, they were spraying something. Oh well, maybe it's just something that removes them but not kills them. Or do that with the new toxin, the one that does kill. Yeah. No, the, they had used the old toxin that worked on the males. It just didn't work on the females. Wait, so why didn't they arm Presumably. the people with the, the toxin to kill like toxin-laden bullets? <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> question. I, I just thought I literally just thought that they just had cleared it out, like they killed all of the the white spears in this particular place and just. Lo- but you're right. I rec- they did use the maybe toxin. they did. You're right. They used the toxin. So why didn't they just use the toxin in every like battle, like like just. I don't know. Even if it doesn't kill the queens, if it kills all the males, that's, that's, that's really good. good because Greatly it clearly, reduces their numbers. Yeah, and they could clearly handle a queen one on one when it was enough people. Wait, mm-hmm. now, now I got all kind of questions. <laughs> oh man, no. So, oh, see, that's 
See, that's problematic. <laughs> but maybe they didn't have enough to produce it. Yeah. You know. That would be Oh, that's what it was. They she said that we can't produce the toxin. Uh we can't mass produce it here in the future. That was the whole point. He was supposed to take it back. Oh, to mass produce. Was to mass produce it in the past. I forgot about but that. But he mass produced vials that had to be hand injected. Well, well, why didn't they just well, immediately when they sent their group mass produce the male one, send it to Georgia Tech because clearly that's yeah, what needs to happen, right. and they just send yeah, it with they people, could have done that. right? Like just be a part of that because clearly they were able Certainly to mass produce it really that. quickly to fly over to the middle yeah. of. I mean, clear. You're right. That's that's, that's that would have been hole. the game plan. <laughs> Let's not borrow thousands and millions of people from our past and kill them. Let's just borrow <laughs> your mass production, gas and everybody, take care of and it ourselves, then kill all the queens. Yeah. You know, and I, it just feels like the future's plan was like, we're going to die. We just want to restart. Yeah. But I honestly think it's a different timeline. And they yeah, just seems like it has to be now, you know, I mean, they're still going to continue existing in their own timeline. It's not well, like they're all dead now. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the yeah, monsters are. I guess no one cares. Yeah. There's still a version of Earth out there that sucks. <laughs> filled with <laughs> just, Now they've killed all the humans and stuff. What are they gonna do? Like, well, they'll kill all the animals, and then I guess they'll die. Okay, or they'll just become vegetarian. Here, here's another question. Okay, <laughs> start farming. Assuming, okay, d- there's two scenarios. One, some killed the the pilots, right? If some killed the pilots, why didn't like all of them wake up? Like only like two or three survived. Now, if none killed the pilots, what was the conditions? If a crash doesn't wake up these creatures in their holding yeah why does yeah, a slight yeah. temperature change don't don't think about it too hard <laughs> refining what could kill what could kill the pilots but not kill the guys in stasis i don't exactly. know like like this and it seemed like the ship was pretty intact right it was mm-hmm. so yeah, so yeah the pilots couldn't have died from the cr- man there's so many questions but um their air- airbags didn't deploy. <laughs> their alien airbags didn't deploy. Or maybe that was their airbags well, to, come to release some of the white spheres. Like you know, <laughs> you know that they hadn't. We didn't invent airbags back then. Uh, I'm sorry. That's on me. Oh, you mean the 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 past aliens with alien technology to do interstellar travel would not have thought to make airbags? Is that what you're saying? Well, there's no air in yeah, space. They don't use it. <laughs> they make space space bags. Uh, so it's just like there's nothing. It's just a bag of <laughs> emptiness. I'm sorry, I've caused I've caused a problem here. <laughs> okay, so 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 the verdict is that tomorrow war makes almost no sense when you really get into it. Yes, like like any sci-fi right. movie, I would say. You know, there's some sci-fi movies I feel like you can in their universe rules, like Interstellar's universe rules, okay. are pretty strong. That's fair. Like. This, okay, I'm sorry. I took it back. You know, like a lot of sci-fi. Uh, yeah, a lot of. I mean, Europa Report. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're out there and you haven't seen Europa Report, um, please don't. Just don't. Like, just save. Like, honestly, <laughs> watch like, it today. It's not even funny. Bad. It's just bad. That's really um, take it from me. Some disappointing. Kind of bad. Disappointing. Bad. But um, I mean, I think you know, I think my my uh, like, I think it was a good movie. Like I think it's a good one, definitely to watch once. It's very fun to watch. If if you know, it's entertaining. If I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably already watched it. But I mean, I definitely encourage people who haven't watched it <laughs> to definitely watch it. It's it's, it's a fun movie, you know. Um, yeah, it's worth the watch. So oh, I do have one more thing I was yeah. thinking about on that movie. <clears throat> so you know how 
in a lot of these movies when they have names like this, they usually kind of like turn it around. And so I was expecting, you know, us to be so enthralled with this idea of, oh, you know, he's fighting in the future and the future is our tomorrow, right? And mm-hmm. so that's why it's called Tomorrow War. But then, you know, it got really deep into the fields with his daughter and she was, you know, feeling she was feeling abandoned because he left her. And I was thinking like, oh, they're going to tie it back. And the Tomorrow War is actually the war you fight in your heart somehow <laughs> to save your family. But I don't feel like they ever really address that in a way that made sense. And I don't I don't know if that was intentional. Like maybe I'm thinking too far into it and wanting there to be some sort of connection between, you know, the tomorrow of saving your tomorrow today by being a good dad type of thing. So you essentially wanted them to do in the movie that moment where the person's like, I can't believe this, but it's time for us to fight. The tomorrow war. The tomorrow war. <laughs> like, like that's when you turn the movie off. Like I'm good. Like, <laughs> well, they they came close. They said they called it the future war in the news a lot. There you go. And and they decided. You know what? Let's not call it the future war. Like what's another word for yes. future? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, probably already a movie called Future War. <laughs> probably they're like. Uh, it's already taken. We can't. <laughs> it's funny because the title implies that there's a lot of stress about the question of like who's really fighting this war, and you know <laughs> is it worth it? You know should we be involved? The tomorrow war, but then all those issues are just flavor text, yeah. right? Like none of that actually involves our character or any of the characters' loved ones. Yeah, I feel like it would have been cool, like you said, to have some type of like actual like conversation within the world of the the merit of this war and not like like maybe there'd be like two sides of it one side that believes we should go into the war and like they they um they go and then like the anti side who sabotages the time jump maybe like to like like you justify mm. that moment mm. that happened they sabotage it and their whole goal is to stop us sending people in the future and that we can solve the future by solving what's happening in the past now so you'd have this like terrorist like organization like the called the oh. present war, you know, like, you know, or the or they could be called wow. the tomorrow war. Like, like yeah. we we fight for tomorrow, not for the future, you know. Oh, and that leader wears a mask. Yeah, that would have been cool, but you know. And he says, "Remember, remember, twenty twenty two, when the year that you're in right now." <laughs> but yeah, so anywho. Hey guys, I really enjoyed this conversation. I have a, so many more questions. I got to do some research after this. I need to look at some scenes to verify some things. Kyle, I need you to go ahead and write that article. Go ahead and on keep it. comments on because I want to see everybody's opinion about <laughs> the, the time loop theory. Um, thank you, Steve, for um, not getting too angry about the physics of the movie. Like the, physic, the oh, physics angry. implementation. The uh, it, I mean, not implementation, but the 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 things that probably make no sense. You know, there's there's a lot of issues. <laughs> you kind of just have to take time travel movies and stride. Like, you know, just be like, you know, that's the premise. Whatever. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, the White Claws had gliders sometime. They see, they were messing with physics too. I forgot about that. See th- that that whole thing. Like, I honestly thought that a hundred percent that the White Claws were just an experiment gone wrong. Somebody's trying to make the ultimate creature. You know what I'm saying? Because it had flying squirrel, ant, dog, you know, like... Scorpion? 
like all kind of creatures, right? Um, and it just, you know, Jurassic Park kind of, you know, mm -hmm. when they made, made sure. theirs. But they went a different direction. So I appreciate that. I'm glad they didn't do that. that. It, was, it was more interesting. But, um, but yeah, you know, um, once again, thank you guys for checking out this episode of Super Agile Bros. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. We have many, many more of those to come. Uh, you know, we love sci-fi, we like video games, we like a lot of stupid things, um, but we also like serious things, so those conversations will come too. But um, yeah, appreciate you guys watching. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Steve. Um, and uh, look forward to, you know, chatting with you guys in the future and look forward to seeing you guys in another episode of Super Agile Bros. Y'all take it easy. Peace.